here it, with the the tradition of sad, sad, shitty child abuse tales for the holidays. You know, but this year, it, uh, somehow it fits. I'm sorry, but it does. It's the most miserable Christmas. <gasps> I mean, you know, it, it could have been sadder if we got to Les Miserables, but her... Her story doesn't turn out sad, so I think we're actually in a sadder story than the Cosette chapter of Les Miserables. Because yeah, she ends up growing up and getting to keep her like golden hair and marry Marius. Mm -hmm. She's fine, little match girl. On the other hand, wow. I mean, I I I don't like the part where little match girl doesn't even have a name. Right. Let's start there. Let's start there. She doesn't even get one. She doesn't get one. But hey, you know who does have names? We do. <laughs> I'm Jessica Austin. Good segue. I'm Lauren Ballman. And this is Required Recap. Your jolly, cheerful Christmas edition where we've been... Ho, ho, ho. Let's bum you out. Tales of joy for the past couple years. You're you know welcome. What? We like to be consistent with our gift giving. Mm-hmm. We're just going to give you a... This... I feel like these Christmas episodes are like the gift equivalent of a slightly used Kohl's card. We're like, well, it was $25, but I had to buy some gum at checkout. So now it's $23.27. Merry fucking Christmas. You won't even be able to spend enough to earn more Kohl's cash. <laughs> nope. It's a $25 minimum to earn Kohl's cash. And this was for $23.27. Boo. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, you know, we just had to get together for a holiday episode, and we planned it all out, and then we chose something totally bummerific. But you know what? That's how we roll. I think, you know, at the end of 2020, nothing is going to make us feel better about our situations in life than reading about a little Danish girl who's even worse off. Yeah. On the plus side, it's really short. You can read the whole thing in, like, under five minutes. So there, you got it's got that going for it. I'm not going to lie, for a hot second, I was like, do we just want to kill some time on the pod by reading the story to them? <laughs> but then I was like, Funny nah. voices. <laughs> the voices in her head. <laughs> Hilarious animation voices. Th what I think is kind of funny is that this is also like under the umbrella of Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tales. Right. By my definition of fairy tales, this is like, if this was a fairy tale, she would have like been adopted by a Danish baker and <laughs> or something. Yeah. Uh, Grown up and married like a, the local prince or whatever. But instead, this ain't no fairy tale ending. No, it's so sad. Well, and, you know, if we look at Hans Christian Andersen and look at the Bears Grimm, which are kind of both the two columns of fairy tales you know you have Anderson and Grimm's those are kind of the big two none of them have fairy tale ending like Grimm is just bloody and horrible and Anderson is horrible but less bloody like the deaths are less violent but still real sad yeah he kind of wraps it up in slightly prettier packaging or makes you feel like there was a win and then you're like no but she's dead Right? I don't know if we said out loud. We're doing The Little Match Girl by Hans oh, Christian right. Andersen. <laughs> hey, that's the book we're doing. That's the book we're doing because it's... The Little Match Girl, which is the title and also her name. Mm-hmm. Her, uh, her father looked at her and was like, ah, we're too poor to name you. And I'm probably drunk on tulip wine. So, because <laughs> they are Danish. Um, 
And rest assured, if you don't come home with any match money, you will get beaten. Was her mom dead or just not around? I couldn't tell. Because in the very beginning, she loses her only shoes, which are slippers that were her mother's that are too big for her. But I don't know if her mom died or not. I'm guessing maybe. Because that's the only mention of the mom in the story, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right, friends. Before we get too deep into which parents are alive, which are dead, and which uh, beloved relative eventually spirits this girl off to the afterlife, um, The Little Match Girl is a literary fairy tale by Danish poet and author Hans Christian Andersen, uh, published in 1845. Um, do you say Hans or Hans? You know, I think I do like Hans. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to switch back to Hans. I think that's better. I like it. I like it. Well, and also fun facts, um, because you know I love some fun facts, and I hope this isn't jumping the gun. But so Hans Christian Andersen, nope, Hans, 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 Hans Solo, Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah, Hans Solo. Hans Christian Andersen. Hans Christian Andersen. Hans. 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 So... Now I don't even know which is, I'm saying the word too much and I can't get it straight. on Hans, but now we're saying hands. Well, I can't, I can't tell the difference. My brain is like, it sounds the same. All right. Here's how, the fun fact is, Hans Christian Andersen also wrote uh, the story that Frozen was based on, which is, which is why those characters are named Hans Kristoff, Anna, and Sven, Hans Christian Andersen. So it's Hans. Hans. It must be Hans. God damn it. And he's my favorite Disney prince, too, because he's so murderous and ruthless. He's my favorite. Leave it to him to write this. I don't doubt that. (laughs) Um, Oh, man, all those names combined. How dare yeah, you? <laughs> you really, really wanted to know that. Um, so uh, the official summary from Wikipedia is the story is about a dying child's dreams and hopes, which is what everybody wants at Christmas. Yeah, you know, from a dying child. Mm-hmm. Not hopes and dreams of like a happy, well-fed child, but you're like, <laughs> what do Those you are want? Boring. Those are, those are, those are like a Nintendo Switch. This little biscuit just wants a loving family and some dinner. Um, But my, my summary, my, my official summary, or my official just summary, I just had to burp. I'm going to cut that out. Hold on. Anyway, my official summary is a small child puts in overtime on Christmas Eve and pays the price. (laughs) Uh, My, my tweet link. Lauren's summary would be um, little girl close to death hallucinates and we call it a Christmas story. <laughs> Nailed it. Because that's so, what uh, happens. So to quickly summarize, like what happens in the plot, um, we open, I actually think, I don't I think I just misspoke and I think it was New Year's Day. It is. It's New Year's <laughs> Eve, which I thought New was Year's interesting, but she, all of her visions are Christmas related. Yeah, because they're all about warm family and delicious feasts. There was something very, like, Cratchit family about it. Definitely. Well, and 
I did read that later on, um, it might have been by this time, good old Hans Hans and uh, Charles Dickens became good friends. So there might have been some crossover there. Well, and there's a musical in the 70s, I think, that about, yeah, we'll talk about that when we get to adaptations. Danny Kay. <laughs> Friends, we love us some Danny Kay. Oh, um, so, uh, Hans, Hans. So Anderson is Danish. Yes. It's my awesome delicious pastry. (laughs) Like the delicious pastry. Um, All right. Hans Christian Andersen was born in Odense, Denmark in 1805. He was an only child. And his father, also named Hans, Hans, mother of God, uh, thought he was related to nobility. But Wikipedia says that was just a rumor and they were not actually related to nobility. But good try. Um, something I did want to point out, though, is that Hans Christian Andersen went to college in Elsinore, Denmark, um, where Hamlet is set. And Elsinore, Denmark, the city, was founded by the king of Pomerania. And I just really like that, A, there was a nation called Pomerania, and I just imagine it filled with tiny dogs. And that's what the city looked like when it was founded. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yes, I immediately pictured it being run by tiny poofy dogs, and I'm very excited about that. And the king is like the tiniest poofiest dog, and he's got a little crown. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> um, and he so Hans Christian Andersen wanted to go be a singer. He had a lovely soprano voice and Aww. went to go be a singer, and then little baby's voice changed. And a friend of his was like, actually, I considered you a poet. So why don't you go be a writer? And then he did. And, and that was easier to do in Denmark in the 1800s, I guess. <laughs> oh, I'll just uh, do this super easy profession and be a professional writer instead. Oh, I, that, that's an option. Why don't we all go do that during the pandemic? I love it. Try, try something new. But he is responsible for other such fairy tales as The Little Mermaid and The Ugly Duckling. And Princess in the Pea. And The Emperor's New Clothes. So. So between him and the Brothers Grimm, we kind of have all of the fairy tales covered. All your baseline stories. Mm -hmm. And I would say, like, then there's also, you know, the Arabian Nights stories, which are kind of also fairy tale-tastic. But those were a major influence on him when he was a kid. So it's all Yeah, so basically we're learning where all the Disney comes from. Those three places, Grimm, Anderson, Arabian Nights, that is it. Shazam. Uh, So our story starts with our poor little match girl wandering the streets of her city on New Year's Eve. Barefoot. Barefoot. Because like Lauren said, she had shoes that she borrowed from her mother that were too big. And this might be the most depressing thing I've ever heard was how she lost the slippers and how one of them she got back, but the other one a little boy stole because he wanted to one day use it as a crib for his own child. Right? The little fucker's like, oh, got your shoe. You're going to die soon. I'm going to take this for my baby that'll live. <laughs> well, and I can't think 
think of a worse image to start off a supposed Christmas story. Right, the small child is like, I'm gonna need this in about 15 to 20 years, so might as well take it now. <laughs> well, okay, so question for you. When you were picturing the shoes, were you picturing like shoes or were you picturing like little wooden clogs? Oh, now I'm picturing clogs. But I, I mean, still have slippers. Do they wear the clogs as slippers? I guess. I think and also, so. I wonder. I wonder what got lost in the translation from the original language it was written in to this. And they say slippers. Um, and I th I'm wondering if it's clogs. I actually was wondering that in certain things too, of just, is there any way this wasn't as depressing in its original language? I thought <laughs> it was something get lost in translation. <laughs> Maybe she well, set the whole town on fire in the original. That would make yeah. me happy. Oh, I'm sorry. The Danish word for dying and setting the whole fucking town on fire is real similar. Real close. It's just one umlaut different, and it must have gotten missed in the translation. So the end of this is she just burned all this capitalism to the ground, is what the she little match girl did. Boom. Um, but point being, whether it was a clog or not, it's still not a great place to store a baby. A baby's no. not going to fit in that. No. Uh, and you're so, going to hold on to this old shoe for what? 15 years till you maybe have a baby in poverty? I mean, what are you doing? Um, imagine the moment this kid's like wife just gave birth under horrible circumstances in the 1800s and is like, we have a baby now, Charles. Whatever shall we do with it? Well, I've been saving this wooden shoe for 20 years. Here's our so baby. Young boy. And the woman's like, hey. I fucking hate you. Remember the tale of the little girl who died in the alley? Well, yes, it's tragic. Well, this was one of her shoes, and now I want to put our baby in it. Well, maybe we should name our baby after her. This is <laughs> Little Match Girl Anderson. Anyway, that kid, he sucked. Oh, those Danish. Those Danish. So the kid ran away with her shoes, and she had no shoes, and she could not go home because she hadn't, she had, okay, Little Match Girl has one job to do, and that job is selling matches. Mm -hmm. When you're named Little Match Girl, you don't have a lot of career options. So <laughs> she had to sell matches, but she has sold no matches on the day of the story. Which is she just really bad at her job or what? Because this is the time of year when you would think people need matches. Um, okay, it's New Year's Eve. People are going to want to light fireworks. They're going to want to light candles. They're going to want to light cigarettes. They're gonna want to light their bong. They're gonna. It's first of all, are we near Amsterdam? Fire. It was very unsafe. Uh huh. So she business should be booming on New Year's Eve. I'm feeling like perhaps her abusive father, who will not allow her to come home unless she has sold matches, which is why she's still on the street because she doesn't want to get beaten by her awful dad. Maybe this is legit in the text. We are not making this up. Yeah, they, no, usually we, we make jokes, but no, in the text, the little match girl couldn't come home because she hadn't sold any matches and she was afraid her father would beat her. So she stays out all night trying to sell some matches. But if the father wanted her to be successful at match selling, maybe he should have provided her a little bit of employee training. I'm just saying, he needs like a strategy. She really it's takes the match strategy up with the little girl match union. <laughs> And he's not being based on her basic rights as an employee. 
right? A, attract customers. T, talk to customers. C, convince customers. H, hell, you just sold some matches. It's the M-A-T-H system. She didn't, she didn't follow the M-A-T-H system, and as a result, the story didn't end well for her. Wait, wait, wait. Did you just spell math instead of match? God damn it. No, I spelled math. <laughs> I spelled match because it was there was a C in there, but I definitely didn't say, I didn't, wait. Yeah, I got the M. You have to play that back. All I know is one of the greatest successes I've ever had in podcasting times. It's, wait, the story's not the so little match. It becomes some sort of David Mamet play about it's, selling matches. <laughs> See, you're dead in a snowbank. You know what first the third place gets? Uh, second place oh, gets no. a knives. Third place gets an icy corpse in a snowbank in alley. <laughs> He is for corpse. <laughs> oh, God. This is some dark oh. holiday shit. Oh, my lordy. This is just Ooh. too funny. All right. Okay. We. I know how to spell match. It's the M-A-T-H system. You. Everyone knew what I was talking about. I don't know why people are confused. <laughs> Everything I say is clear and well thought out. <laughs> um, uh, so our girl, nobody wants to buy matches from her because she did not use the M-A-T-C-H system. She uh, therefore the she protocol, and now look where it got her. Mm-mm. It got her. It got her at sea, corpse in an alley. So uh, she retreats down an alley. You can tell where this is going, friends, and it's not going in a good direction. Yeah, and especially when it all of a sudden dawns on her that, hey, I'm really cold. Do you know what would make me warm? Flames. You know what I have? Matches. So she decides to strike the wall with a match. Which is great. Survival skills. Um, exactly. And make it a little warm. And that's mm-hmm. when the visions start. So yeah, little match girl gets a little bit of warmth on her little hands. And she starts to hallucinate wonderful Christmas things through the wall of this alley. Yeah, like... Um, a delicious Christmas dinner with the biggest juicy goose and she's about to like cut into it and then the match goes out yeah and then like another one and then it's the biggest Christmas tree you've ever seen again these people light real candles and put them on a tree how did the whole town not catch on fire that was how they decorated their Christmas trees I feel like a every house should have caught on come on fire if you have live candles on your christmas tree you're you should be on fire it just on a dry tree that you just have in your living room yeah this is not smart so how have no trees burned down like i feel like we should be hearing about great danish christmas tree massacres from like the 1840s but we hear about none of those things i know and i know that this is supposed to be the most beautiful christmas tree she ever saw but i just have to point out that it's a fire hazard Yeah, so it's not the most beautiful Christmas tree. It's the most deadly, which also could be foreshadowing. Well, and at the end of that vision, she envisions a star falling from the sky, which apparently means that somebody is dying. And guess what? Spoiler alert, it's her. 
Little match girl is huddled in an alley, hallucinating at a brick wall, whipping through her very limited pack of matches, which she did not sell earlier in the day, thus being unable to go home because of an impending a beating from her abusive Danish father. How oldish do you think little match girl is? Because oh, they don't was, really say. I wasn't imagining her at like six. Yeah, I wasn't thinking in like the six to eight range. So yeah. Because I feel like at age 10, she's ready to go be in a factory. So she'd be working like a better job if she was 10. <laughs> she's going to be a manager at the local button factory by age 10. <laughs> she's got keys. All right, hold on. Let me look in your sack on the way out. All right, you didn't steal any matches. There you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. She, point is, she's too young to be out um, peddling to people on the street. So the, the star falls and little match girl lights some more matches. Her whole bundle lights the whole bundle up, doesn't she? Oh, yeah, baby girl just sets everything on fire. She's like, let's burn it down. <laughs> and that's when she sees her grandmother, the only one who ever loved her, who's already dead. Yeah, I feel like when you're in a chilly alley um, on a snowy night and the only person who comes to visit you is your grandmother who's already dead, I feel like your chances aren't great. Not necessarily the best omen. Mm -mm. Um, And um, that proves to be true because she does indeed die. And has a very beautiful image in her final moments of like ascending to heaven with her grandmother. So I guess that's nice. I mean, it's it's really quite lovely. And at the, from what I know about hypothermia, at that point in hypothermia, you feel peaceful and warm and just want to go to sleep. So she suffered a great deal before that part of hypothermia kicked in. But her last moments, her body was tricking her and she at least thought she was warm and happy. Poor little match girl. And then we return to the reality of this town, which is full of the dumbest people ever who keep walking by just being like, oh, she wanted to warm herself. Meanwhile, nobody is like attending to the dead child body in the street. Yeah. And also everyone like kind of walked by her and ignored her when she was alive. And then when she was a corpse, they're like, hey, look at that. She must have wanted to be warm. And you're like, and didn't walk. follow the match method. Eh, well, yet another one didn't follow it. Dang it. <laughs> we got to get these kids better training on match selling. Mm, uh, I have no idea where these people are from now. No, we have got old timey voice and like gruff uh, Brooklyn voice. None <laughs> of these are Danish. Just FYI. None of them. Listen, we do what we want on our podcast when it comes to voices. <laughs> So, okay, that's the synopsis of this depressing-ass thing. Characters. There was just so many to choose from. However, I mean, you need to pick a favorite. <laughs> I guess her dead grandma? Who yeah. saved her from her last moments being a total waste? Yeah, I think I think out of everybody, dead grandma probably has the best character development. Um, because we know she's kind, and that she loved the match girl. And all we know about the match girl is that she's a match girl. Yes. I, I think she has no personality other than being a match girl. Although, you know what? I'm not, I, I think runner up is that little boy who has the forethought to pick up that old slipper to save for later in life. That's he's true. He's a real go-getter. That is true. 
He does. He uh, grandma's the best developed, then the little boy, then probably the abusive father, and then probably the little match girl. So out of all the characters in a story called the little match girl, the least well developed character is definitely the little match girl. Yeah. Hans, Hans, come on, dude. What are you doing, man? Um, yeah, I'd have to say my favorite character is probably Grandma as well. Because of there were four. And she's a nice grandma. She's a nice grandma. She's like an angel grandma. She's like sort of the angel of death grandma, but not in a bad way. Right. Like a, a nice angel of death. Obviously. Asmar Award. What do you think? Oh. I'm going to definitely go with the dad. I mean, yeah, you know. Knowing she doesn't have a good home to come home to is probably why she was like, eh, I'd rather strike a few matches and die in the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little boy was close because I think it's pretty shitty to steal a shoe from a kid to use as something that you're never, ever going to be able to use it for and not until 20 years in the future. Um, that kid sucked, but he just stole a shoe and dad beats the shit out of his daughter. So... Dad gets the Asmar. Yeah. I think that's um, um, that's pretty universal, especially in a story with so few characters. <laughs> no, there's like four. And we're like, well. Uh. Um, okay. My, my favorite part was when she's hallucinating about the goose um, and the goose kind of like walked up to her. Oh, or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where she sees where, yeah, she's hallucinating and... It's like comes walking up to her and I love it. I'm going to find the thing to read. Yes, here we go. And what was still better, the goose jumped down from the dish and waddled along the floor with a knife and fork in its breast right over to the little girl. And just <laughs> as this like delicious meal comes waddling over to her with the utensils already jammed in it, her match went out and she didn't finish the hallucination of the delicious goose. So I just kind of... Sorry, little match girl, because it's really sad for you. But it's also a kind of hilarious image of somebody <laughs> hallucinating a waddling roast goose. I love it. Um, even though I did find it to be a fire hazard, I enjoyed the description <laughs> of the beautiful Christmas tree. Um, it was much larger and more beautiful than the one she had seen last Christmas through the glass door at the rich merchant's home. Thousands of candles burned on the green branches and colored pictures like those in the print shops looked down at her. I mean, that's a pretty image. It's so beautiful. That I can't believe hasn't caught on fire. Yeah. Um, and again, why didn't they need her matches to light such a tree? I know this was a hallucination, but if they have trees like this, why aren't they get buying her matches? Right? I mean, she has something you need. It's not like she's selling candy bars to benefit the banned field trip. She's selling things that are you're going to use within the next five minutes. Please support the little match girl. I mean, how much could they cost? A penny farthing? <laughs> How much are matches anyway? Ten dollars? <laughs> a oh. match, little match girl. What can it cost? Ten dollars? Well, you're right about everybody in this town sucking because at no point does anybody offer to help her and she is a child. Yeah, it's like, is nobody out in the street? Does nobody notice? Because this is bad. Yeah, 
like I think it's in 20 well a in 2020 we don't talk to anybody or touch anybody because we will all get the Rona but in 2019 like people it people ignore people panhandling or selling things on the street but I don't feel like people would ignore a child like standing on a street corner selling I feel like we've Got moved away from that cruelty, at least. I would hope so. Especially if she was barefoot and had beautiful curly hair and was just trying to sell matches. And something useful and a product we all need. Um, why the fuck did we have to read this? Woof. <laughs> uh, and, and I do actually recall, when we first talked about this, I do remember seeing a, like a short play version of this. I was probably in the eight to 10 year old range with my mom. I I remember seeing this when I was in elementary school. I don't know if it's because they're trying to tell us like a different story and we're be grateful for what we have and that I don't have to sell matches on the street. I don't know. I mean, I guess I, because they're also... There also is not a version of this fairy tale, in wide release anyway, that ends up with a happy ending for her. Like, you know, I mean, The Little Mermaid, uh, Hans Christian Andersen, ends up with her, the original, her devolving into sea foam and losing because she doesn't get the prince to marry her. And so, like, you know, the ending of Little Mermaid for Disney has been changed, but... There are, I think there's a few adaptations that do change this, but they're not major. So, like, when you think of the story of Little Match Girl, you don't think of her having a happy ending like Little Mermaid gets. You're just like, oh, yeah, she's dead. She is a yeah, dead like little girl. Yeah, she still always dies, even in the ones with the best endings, quote-unquote. She still dies. And yeah. I do think that that's interesting that they try to sell that as, like, a... But isn't it nice? She's having all these beautiful Christmas memories. It's like, but wait... Like, not moral, but I, I guess what you can extract from that is the tragedy of her only experiencing beauty and comfort in the moment before she leaves the world. Oh, yeah. That's so sad. <laughs> Poor little match girl. Poor little match girl. Um, you know, so Lauren saw this as a play. Um, there are no Simpsons references. There are an awful lot of adaptations of this, friends. Um it's been moved to theater. There are early animated versions. There are a ton of anime and uh, manga versions of it. But there's a, there's a recent night, excuse me, 2006 Disney version. And it's so funny because I was totally preparing to like joke about a Disneyfied version of this the same way they hit Little Mermaid and Frozen. And I was like, ha ha, Hans Christian Andersen. It's going to be so funny to think a little match girl is Disney. And I was like, oh, it is Disney. But they stick with the sad ending. Um, and it was supposed to be in a version of Fantasia. And then they ended up not making a 2006. Oh. So they compiled it differently. And it was nominated for an Academy Award. Um, it's really, really huh. lovely. It's about six minutes long. And it still ends with her dying and going off with her grandma. So they didn't disney it. Um, it's really, really neat. So I highly recommend you check that out. You can watch it. I just Googled Disney Little Match Girl 2006 and I was able to find it streaming online. Um, so yeah, it doesn't take very long and it's really beautifully animated. The Little Match Girl kind of looks like uh, Lilo from Lilo and Stitch. 
<laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yes, she's really, really cute. That's um, funny. But there was two that I thought were really cool for us. Like we don't, there were no great Simpsons references in here, but oh, I wow. did find, I know, Simpsons, they do everything. I'm actually really surprised with this one. I feel like we would have found something, but it's. Yeah. Don't you feel like Lisa Simpson would have had to say about this? Mm-hmm. Um, but in a Neil Gaiman novella, A Study in Emerald, published 2004, the main characters view a set of three plays, one of which is a stage adaptation of The Little Match Girl. And Lauren ah, is a big Neil Gaiman fan. It's true. But I, I did not know about this. I haven't read that novella either. Have you? No. Well, Lauren is a big Neil Gaiman fan, but I'm actually a big Terry Pratchett fan, which makes our friendship lovely. But there is a scene in the 1996 novel Hogfather, which I'm actually rereading again this year because it's his weird Christmas-themed Discworld book where the (laughs) Hogfather, a.k.a. Santa, is kidnapped and death has to step in. Um, But there's a really wonderful sort of alternate reality of um, death stepping... death as Santa or the Hogfather seeing a little match girl and instead giving her a happy ending. So hold on, I'm going to read you a tiny, tiny excerpt of that. Is um, But little match girls dying in the snow is part of what the Hogwatch spirit is all about, Master, said Albert desperately. I mean, people hear about it and say, we may be poorer than a disabled banana and only have mud and old boots to eat, but at least we're better off than the poor little match girl, Master, it makes them feel happy and grateful for what they've got. So anyway, uh, Death <laughs> continues to talk to his assistant, and he's like, um, do they turn up at the last minute with warm clothes and a hot drink? And the guy's like, no. So it's just a really, really great commentary on how brutal that story is, um, that everybody just expects little poor girls to die sadly because it makes us feel better about our socioeconomic status. Yep, it's true. Uh, but I'm excited because on my reread of Hogfather, I haven't gotten to that part yet. So I'm excited to revisit the saving of the little match girl by death. Nice. Thanks, death. I need to just read that one. Oh, yeah. I guess we didn't talk about what we've been reading. And my most recent finished read was uh, Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. So you're right. It's been a very <laughs> Neil Gaiman-y time of, time of year. It's it's such a Gaiman-y time of year for you and a Pratchett-y time of year for me because I'm re- rereading Hogfather by Terry Pratchett. Um, I love it. I do too. You, you've read Good Omens, right? Oh yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. I was just like, I love that in our friendship. You're the Gaiman and I'm the Pratchett and we meet in the Good Omensville. Oh, it's so perfect. Um, the, yeah, the one I was thinking of, it isn't a uh little match girl um adaptation but there is a Hans Christian Andersen movie it's just called Hans Christian Andersen it was in the 50s and it's starring Danny Kay as Hans Christian Andersen and I remember watching it with my mom I think it was one of those like I got to stay home sick from school whenever that happened I would watch like we would watch old timey musicals and I remember watching it what did Danny Kay do it's just about his life were there any elves? Possibly. I just I remember, remember like moments where he's like enacting the stories like for little kids. And there's lots of songs by, uh, what's his name? Frank Lesser, who helped write uh, <laughs> Guys and Dolls. And, um, and it's just, it's just Danny Kaye. 
what's not to like about him? He's great. Danny Kay is amazing. That was one interesting hot, hot tidbit about Hans Christian Andersen that he was in love with many people, but never married. But some speculate now that he was possibly bisexual because <gasps> he had men in his life as well as women. Aww. So that might be why he didn't marry. But I think that that's interesting for that time period that he kind of got away with that, with not marrying anyone, especially. Yeah, right. It was in the late 1800s, so. Yeah, if you didn't get married, people looked at you weird. I know. So he well, must have he must have been like, hey, I'm Danish. What? <laughs> what is that accent? My God. Hey, I'm Danish. Hey, I'm a Danish Hans Christian Anderson over here. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I talk. I don't, I, I don't know how the Danes talk. Um, like the Swedes, they clearly have an accent very yeah, much. Are they sort of Swedish? I don't know. I'm sure I'm offending somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, and I apologize. <laughs> I feel like when we miss an accent by such a wide margin, nobody can get mad because it's not like we even tried. No, it's, it's me doing something so extreme that I know is wrong because I don't know what the correct thing is. <laughs> and everyone I just like did vaguely a, Italian. <laughs> like if we did a Danish accent, but it was like splurgen, blurgen, Swedish, Swedish, that'd be super offensive because it would be like us mocking their accent. But us not even getting close and just epically failing, I think is respectful as fuck. Okay, good. good. Hey, That's I'm the Danish. Hey, I'm a Hans Christian Anderson. Hey, buy my matches and my pizza pie. Hey, this wooden (laughs) shoe is going to be great for a baby. (laughs) (laughs) I got to wear it. I'm going to punch a baby in. What the hell? No, I have to stop. You have to stop. If we go down the wooden shoe baby hole, we're going to be, this podcast is going to be two and a half hours long and... Oh man, isn't that a thing though with Danish Santa Claus is that you leave your wooden shoes? I'm not making, this is not a joke. You put your wooden shoes out by the fireplace and they, instead of stockings, like we do in America and they put little treats and toys in your shoes. Yeah, well, hold up. Uh, That's called St. Nicholas Eve. And I used to celebrate that shit with my family. Oh, Did I tell, so yeah, it's, we celebrated on like December 6th or something. You would put your shoe out with a list for Santa and then Santa or St. Nicholas would come take your list and leave you a treat in your shoe. Right. Did we talk about this last year? I think year? so. And Possibly. I told you, because of how I ended the tradition when I put out like two dozen shoes to spake yeah. out Santa and I pissed off my mom <laughs> and then we didn't do St. Nicholas Eve anymore. He ruined the, he ruined it. He ruined it with jokes. By getting greedy. I didn't. I just thought it was funny to be like, "Haha, you have to go through twenty-four shoes." She That's didn't amazing. Find it funny. Oh, um, so you said though. You said you had a good disc question. What's your disc? I question? do. All right. Here's my disc question. I actually made this up before I realized there was a Disney version, but I still stand by my disc question. Oh man. So if the Disney version wasn't just a six-minute sad short where she dies at the end anyway, um, and they did like a full length and had to make it a happy. Disney Disney version, what sort of creature would her sidekick be? Oh, that's a good one. Well, I really do think, I don't know why, probably because of Danish and then I think of pastries. I don't know why there is some like sort of bread shop in my mind. 
but I feel like there is a little a little mouse who lives in the bread shop and he scampers out maybe he's the first one who finds her frozen in the alley <laughs> and sits on her shoulder and sings a little ballad about it but he's not fivel from those movies he's a different mouse no, but at the end of your version, I think one little tear runs to the end of his whisker and drops off and brings her back to life, is what I think happens in your Disney version with your little mouse friends. It's perfect. It's perfect. What about uh, yours? Um, I think, hold on, I think she's got a duo, kind of like Pain and Panic from Hercules or those fucking eels from Little Mermaid. Um, I think she has a little match who runs around and is her friend. And I think she has a little flame that runs around and is her friend. And after she dies, they get together and burn the fucking town down in revenge. Yes, it becomes a revenge film. I love that. Yeah, I mean, she still dies, but at least her little buddies get vengeance for her. This winter, this town <laughs> is burning to the ground. Match meets flame. <laughs> Extreme Christmas. Um, my question, my just question would be, so, so if this were, it's kind of Disney related too, cause you know how like Alice in Wonderland is super trippy and weird. So if this were filmed more like an Alice in Wonderland, what kind of like acid trippy hallucination would you see if you were the little match girl who lit your match oh. when you were like, like what oh. weird Christmas, it could be Christmas related since hers were um hallucination would you see oh man I think I would if I lit my little thing and held it up to a wall I'd probably see like a warm couch covered in blankets and Ooh. dogs and they would be my dogs but then there'd just be just tons of dogs tons of Aww. dogs um it would be a wonderful like puppy party and there would be coffee steaming on a table and um, a donut that's not gluten-free and all this fucking, oh, that's what it'd be. Nothing but baked goods, just full of gluten. And you can eat would, them all and it doesn't matter. And they would do a little dance. This point, now we're getting Alice in Wonderland trippy. Like the croissants and the pan of chocolate would just do a little jig and, oh, it'd be beautiful. And they would find my frozen corpse with a long string of drool just dropping down my chin and they'd be like, oh, look at her. I bet she was thinking about eating gluten. The end. What's your trippy ass little match girl fantasy? Well, first of all, I want all of your pastries to like sing their way over into mine because I want <laughs> a very like bread filled. I think oh, I need a, um, a warm fireplace and um, there's some like Oh God, all the things you said sound so great. Just very warm and cozy. Um, but I think there's also, it's like a never ending gift. Like you open your present and just no matter how much you open it, cool shit just keeps coming out of the box. It's just a never ending present. And it's probably full of books. Let's face it, because I'm a dork. But it's like every time you reach in there, there's a new book. Oh, I love it. And then- And all the pastries are dancing around. Books and dancing pastries. And your coffee would be cold, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, everything else around me would be warm, but I'd still have a delicious iced coffee <laughs> just to just to irk Jessica. 
But it's like magical. So it's not melting at all. Like the ice cubes stay intact and the edge of the oh, glass stays perfect. all beady and frosty. But yeah, that's, that's I love nice. These are well, some lovely winter scenes. I love I how neither of ours involved any other people. <laughs> well, there's, there's a thin line between right. like, I don't, you know, I, I want to be out in the world amongst people again. Um, but I'm safe at home with my husband and I love him very much. And I would not choose a different person to be quarantined with. But right now my fantasy uh, uh, shown in matchlight on an alleyway right before I'm dying would have to be solitude. <sighs> Delicious solitude. Oh, solitude. Oh, introverts. <laughs> <laughs> What's the end? Um, constancy. Sweet constancy. <laughs> Sorry, I got to get some Simpsons in there somewhere. Yeah, otherwise it wouldn't be a required recast. Um, What what lessons did we learn from this book? What lessons did we learn from this? I mean, if I ever had kids, probably not make them be the sole breadwinner, especially during the holidays, if I wanted to keep said kids alive. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of wondering what he wanted the people to get out of this, (laughs) because... moral of it I mean I guess the moral is please help little match girls but the storytelling didn't really reinforce that at the end it was just like she experienced beauty and then she died right that's what I'm saying is like that's why I feel like these people are dumb because they clearly are not walking by dead little match girl and gaining any sort of lessons from it they're just kind of like oh she Aww. died thinking of nice things. Oh. You're like, wait a minute. <laughs> she shouldn't have died. But she shouldn't dead. be dead. Yeah. Well, not to get like depressing with the moral, but you're kind of like, maybe we should take care of other people. And somebody should have invited that little match girl to sleep in their house for a night. And then she wouldn't be dead. In the same way, mm-hmm. if we wear masks outside right now, some people won't be dead. Oh, yeah. So maybe maybe it's just about if you think of other people sometimes, besides just yourself, I don't understand. maybe we won't be dead. What? Oh, see, because there's you, yeah, and then there's everybody else in the world. They exist also. What? No, they don't. I know. It's really weird. It's a very hard concept to grasp. I don't think most Americans get it. No, clearly. Clearly not. Oy. And clearly the Danish in the late 1800s didn't either. Nah, those <laughs> fuckers. Oh, man. Well, we got a little off track with our reading this year, but we do plan to revisit some of the things we said we were going to read in early 2021. Yay. So, yeah, uh, join us for that fun in next year, in a new year, in a new year. A new I'm so excited. year brand new year it'll be so grand and maybe jessica and i will actually get to meet in person you know before the new year is over um was the last time i saw you in person when you came to see murder on the orient express and i hugged you in the lobby and that was like february yes ah remember hugging remember lobbies post theater yeah all these words mean now I know. Lobby, hugging, theater. What are these miraculous historical terms? Yes, I really do Uh, think that that was the last time. So I'm thankful for this holiday season where we can still record on Zoom. 
I am too. I can't wait to celebrate the end of this year, to be grateful for wonderful friends, and to just hope for some light on the horizon. That is what I'm trying to do these last days of 2020. We. Hey, as this old quote I love says, cheer up, the worst is yet to come. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and as I like to say, it's the hope that kills you. (laughs) No, but uh, I do think there's uh, brighter skies ahead. I really do. I hope so, too. Well, I have nothing else to say for holiday times. Are you feeling wrapped? Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling good about how uh, depressing that was. And you know, hey, at least we're not the little match girl. Maybe that's what the moral of the story was. (laughs) Right? At least none of us are the little match girl. It's true. It's true. I mean, so stay gold, little match girl's mom who may or may not be dead, but you have some shoes. Stay gold, little boy who likes to steal people's old slippers for grander (laughs) ideas in his future. Stay gold, little match girl's abusive father who does not give proper sales training. Stay gold, hallucinatory goose who's running around being chased by a knife and fork. <laughs> stay gold, little match girl. Oh, stay gold, Jessica. Stay gold, Lauren. Thank you for listening to Required Readcast. If you enjoyed the show, head over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave us a rating and or review. We're also available on Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at REQ Readcast. Required Readcast is produced by Sexpot Comedy. Theme music and lyrics by Max McEwen and Noah Evan Wilson. Vocals by Aaron C. Willis. Stay, Stay gold, gold, bookworms! bookworms.